0: What is happening everyone? Welcome to episode 64 of your favorite podcast, the or Die Podcast. I'm your host Justin Mahaley alongside my co-host Scott Simmons. Today we have another what you need to know episode and we are talking about diet breaks. What are they? Why do we utilize them? What do they help with? Man, I think inside's kind of packed with some pretty good information for you guys to take home, absorb, use on yourself, using your clients here. So I really hope you guys dive in and enjoy this one. Episode 64 brought to you by Raw Supplements, brought to you by Revive Supplements. I'll see you inside. Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. Texas, might, dude, Texas is getting a lot richer. <laughs> might be here.
1: next time. Hey, if we never give, you should probably not take advice from us on investments. But I would recommend buying a house. <laughs> I would
0: recommend buying a house. I would. I would definitely recommend yeah. buying a house. Holy shit, dude! This is bonkers. Joe Rogan hasn't officially announced that it's Austin yet, although I have heard um, through the grapevine that it's. I mean, here house. Why would he go anywhere else? Well, like like, like on, on it is here. Yeah, on right? it's here. He, so, he has a house here apparently. Oh, he does. Elon's moving here. Like Austin, I mean Austin, no Elon's, to Elon's Dallas. not gonna
1: move here. Elon's just gonna have one of his little spots. Yeah, he is. He he's is, got so uh, many.
0: He's got so many. Dallas is a really cool city, but I mean Austin absolutely shits on it. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Um, and all due respect, you, San Antonio Houston, but they're not in the country. Yeah, do you think like, where the, else would he move? Do you, you know? think the city's prepared? Um, you know what? I I I I kind of do, just because like we're so far ahead, um, in terms like like there, everything's been. Bought downtown and like is yeah. being built up and yeah. like is being turned into, you know, so many things. But what's really cool about the Tesla situation, it's in uh, uh it's called Del DelVal, I believe Del DelVal, something like Del- that. Like Delval, it's like eh? a completely um, like nearly uninhibited area. Yeah. So a lot Chattles of county. A lot of land. Yeah. And so there's a lot of land, but like there's like communities and stuff there. But like there's not really like gas stations or like like grocery stores and shit. So Tesla moving there is going to just ignite that part of mm-hmm. Travis County mm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be really cool. I definitely, you know, I definitely think that Elon uh, should come here, you know, should come to hyperdrive, should, you know, hire us to train him and, you know, all of his people, Um, you know, honestly, you know, I, I, I think I would be good. I would be, yeah, I can give him a discount. discount? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And, you know, I, I think I would be a good influence on him. I think so. You know, I think I bring a lot to the table.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm charismatic um like a bodyguard mm-hmm. I'm fucking huge i mean if someone yeah. has a fucking issue with you yeah. they don't anymore yep um you know i i don't know what other qualities <laughs> i have but he <laughs> well i have you a know, podcast that's cool dude we yeah, do great <laughs> you can smoke weed here you smoke weed here
1: you know he uh we we were talking about the the um virtual reality life thing. So I found an article or not an article is a YouTube video where he was on stage talking to some panel. I don't know. And they were asking him about it. And he said, me and my brother no longer allow that conversation in the hot tub because we'll stay in there too long. Oh,
0: my goodness. So we need a hot tub. Wow. Yeah. So Elon can come over. Yeah. We're, it's like hot tub time <laughs> machine. There it is. But like, that's just how we convince Elon yeah. to like, I don't know, invest in us and like be on our podcast yeah. and like be homies with Honestly, I just want to be friends with him. Yeah. Like, I think like the way that his mind works is is, is fascinating to me. Um, like, so I, I feel like me and Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. I feel like me, you and Joe are going to be really good friends. I think so. Uh, I don't think Elon like, and, and, and us would be like super he's, fucking tight. He's homies. the friend that's
1: hard to get along with.
0: Yeah, yeah. But like, if he hangs out, he enjoys you, I feel yep, like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but you know, he, he's knows, a good time. he
1: knows he's smarter than you. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so it's like hard for him to kind of dummy himself down. Yeah. And quite frank, a lot of the items he wants to touch on, um, like the neural nets and things like that. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I it's so far out of my realm of, of education. I'm so many notches below that. Yeah. That it's difficult for me to really comprehend, But you know, like, like, like with Joe, um, man, if he moves to Austin, I, I'm getting on that podcast. <laughs> so you guys stay tuned. <laughs> we, we We've might talked about you, this before Yeah,
1: way. And I think, I think before the double digits, we talked Dude, about we it. We talked about that like podcast one, if it you might listen to
0: podcast one, I'm pretty sure that's where we uh, mentioned Joe referenced it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I will get on that podcast. See, the issue with Joe is he's never had anybody who's actually intelligent and well-versed in Mm -hmm. health and nutrition, um, and, and training and, you know, bodybuilding and, you know, physical performance and wellness. He's never had anyone who's actually well-versed in there. Yeah. He's had people who are, you know, way too opinionated for their own goods and their opinions are only, uh, backed by confirmation bias and extreme confirmation bias at that. Like Mm -hmm. he's had people on who are extreme keto zealots. Yeah. And you know, I can crush keto. Mm-hmm. Then he had someone on who, you know, was talking about how, you know, someone can work up to eating like this copious amounts of food and all this stuff. I forget who it was. I mean, I can crush that too. Like it's mm-hmm. it's very easy mm-hmm. to crush these items because not everyone is capable of handling a fuck ton of food. It's yeah. just it's not possible. Yeah. Um He's a lot of people builders? are and huh? He's had bodybuilders. Uh, he had Ronnie Coleman right. on who said that he was what like 1% body fat. Ronnie Coleman is like 0. .3 he said something. I don't know I didn't watch that one. Fucking yeah. stupid. It's like dude like yeah Ronnie Coleman is the greatest bodybuilder of all time sure. It's really difficult. Um you know to negate that but just cause someone's a really good bodybuilder doesn't mean they're intelligent. I yeah. was talking to Tony about this oh, uh, yeah. last night. Cause we, you know, we, we, got a new client on board and Tony was like, man, what, why can't he just coach and get like 200 clients and Oh stuff? yeah. And I was like, <laughs> it's funny. Cause like they, not,
1: they see you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Their only insight <laughs> yeah. is me yeah. and Matt. Yeah. That's true, their only fair. insight. Yeah they don't understand how this actually works. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so, you know, just cause you're absolutely fucking massive yoked out of your mind doesn't really mean that you can train people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I definitely want to be able to get on that podcast and, uh, I don't know why I feel like I can't. So, you guys who listen to this and support us, uh be on the lookout. We might have a call to action of blow Joe Rogan's comments, yeah. up, tagging me to yeah. get on that fucking pot. I mean, fuck, we can go ahead and do it now. Might as well. It's cool. It's cool. Start dripping it in. Yeah, well, it happens often. Yeah, I would say uh, like other people do that. Yeah, I would say almost every day I get tagged on one of his posts. Oh, do like you on the podcast? It's like one person. I or wonder, two people. Do you think?
1: You know? Do you think Joe? selects him first or do you think Jamie like pre, like selects it's a group a team effort and then he says hey Joe these guys If are like
0: good. if like 2,000 people go and comment and like tag me on this fucking page yeah. like Jamie's gonna see it and be sure. like yo what the fuck's up with this dude yeah. why do all these people want him and yeah. like go to my I, I feel like if they went to my page like like Joe would be watching me press this one seventy. He's like oh my god yeah he'd be like holy yeah. shit yeah, he'd bro be like, he'd be like this guy this is a, he's a grizzly bear <laughs> I actually, I, I actually feel like if I were to get Joe Rogan on my Instagram, they'd yeah. be like, this yeah. motherfucker's cool. Yeah. I know maybe it. I'm just out of my fucking mind. Yeah. Like maybe I'm not actually that great. <laughs> maybe, you know, what's funny actually, you know, it's funny. I've never actually seen the numbers. Scott just tells me the numbers. Maybe Scott's just making those made me totally feel lying about myself. Yeah. 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 It makes me feel great. Maybe no one's listening to this, yeah. <laughs> but today, so super fucking exciting. If you haven't moved to Texas yet, uh, now's the fucking time. Yeah. Um, But I want to talk to you guys about what you need to do about diet breaks. Um, Diet breaks are, you know, a hot topic. Diet breaks are a very misunderstood topic, I believe, by both athlete and coach. Um, Because, uh, you know, a diet break, a a diet break is, you know, a central part of contest prep. So personally, I enjoy longer contest prep phases. The longer the more you prolong the contest prep phase, the less harsh it has to be. Mm. Less fat burners you have to use first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Those things like Climbuterol, T3, T4, DMP, um, ECA, you know, all those items. Sinephedrine, caffeine, aspirin. Um, Less of that you have to use, um, which is always a win. Uh, You know, less PEDs um, overall. You can commonly keep food higher throughout you can commonly utilize less cardio up at once. Um, it's just prolonging the the uh, intake versus output process that you have. It's- the number one item, though you can retain more muscle mass. If you don't have to push the burners and the super low food and the super high cardio, you can still always keep performance in the gym at the forefront of your contest prep. And we are bodybuilders. This should always be at the forefront of whatever our goal is. Number one, first and foremost is how is your performance? How is your training? And if you do a crash diet prep, like some people are like, yeah, you know, I like doing a 10, 11, 12 week prep. I'm like, yeah, not on my team, buddy. Like we're not doing that. We're not, we're going to double that fucking time Mm -hmm. because and also it's much more healthy to double that as well but our training goes to shit and that's when you start dropping muscle mass it's not it's, it doesn't matter how many peds you take if you're not able to train to a level that is extremely simulating for all of your muscle fibers then your body's not going to keep them around because you are pushing yourself into an extreme deficit doing extremely high output and what's going to happen there is going to be nitrogen levels dropping no matter how many anabolics you are on there is going to be protein Degradation happening inside of the body. When this happens, you lose muscle mass. The only way to inhibit it is by keeping training performance extremely fucking high. And the only way to do that is if you're prolonging a prep, if you're not pushing an extremely intense, um, overwhelming deficit and an extremely intense cardio regimen. We have to keep performance at the forefront. I'm not sure... I. I just can't under like the physiology nerd in me just like loses my fucking mind on some of these people mm-hmm. who who do this. You know, I have a client who's entering a contest prep right now. He's 13 weeks out and, you know, 13 weeks is a short amount of time, but he's never done a real PED cycle. Yeah. So he's also doing his first PED cycle simultaneously. Yeah. I mean, he, I'm perfectly fine with 13 week prep on your first fucking cycle because Jesus fucking Christ, the <laughs> physiological changes that we're it's about to fast. undergo from the cycle. Yeah. Like we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's not something that, the, you know, th- this is a huge, he's also an open bodybuilder mm-hmm. and open bodybuilders obviously, you know, have the most uh, intensive drug regimens and protocols of everyone else that there is, you know, like a bikini girl, a figure girl, um, some physique girls, like uh, none of my physique girls really care that yeah. much. But like bikini and figure, we can't just push till the wheels fall off. Like in some of these other divisions, you can because PEDs bridge a gap, but we can't just push, push, put like, dude, we gotta fucking pull back. There's gotta mm. be pullback phase, and that's where a diet break comes in. So, yeah, it's about the end result, it's about winning a fucking overall, it's about being the first call out in the middle of your pro show and earning a fucking olympia qualification it's about earning your ifbb pro card that's why we prep that's what the end goal of every single contest prep that we do is one of those items i have a question yeah
1: so do you think then uh is it fair to say that someone who steps on the same same stage yeah one preps let's call it (laughs) 12 weeks out I guess and one is 20 yeah is that a good range I mean yeah yeah is the 20 week going to probably perform better in the case of the 12 or whatever week is going to have more stress
0: everything equal if everything across the board is equal I'm talking genetics I'm talking muscularity I'm talking if you take the same person yeah essentially if you this is a great question if you take the same person And you do a 12-week prep and a 20-week prep with them. And they get down to the exact same body fat percentage. The 20-week prepper is going to beat that 12-week prepper. Number one, muscle tissue. They're going to have more muscle tissue. They're going to have lower overall cortisol. Uh, They have much more time to fine-tune, to balance. We have much more time to be able to utilize refeeds and diet breaks to understand how to prep you. That's Mm -hmm. what refeeds and diet breaks do. It's not a contest prep. That's why... But that's how I utilize them and how most good coaches utilize them. Man, through that, I'm taking the data of exactly what we're gonna do in peak week. Like we yeah. see a refeed strategy that works fucking well. Last three days are decided for you. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go get it. So if all things are equated, yeah, the 20 week's gonna have, you know, a better time. But you know, if we have someone, let's say someone's we have we have a guy, um 230 pounds, and he's 12% body fat. Okay, and then we have this, they're doing the same show, and then we have this guy who's 213 pounds, like 8.5% body fat. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, at that one, like, this guy probably does only need 12 weeks, you Mm -hmm. know, whereas this guy needs a full 20 weeks. Sure. So, you know, there's variables that go into play here, and, you know, I mean, well, the biggest one, uh, even outside your starting point, just your mentality, like, how hard are you going to be able to push and train and go after it and attack, you know even when your energy is completely gone
1: but do you think the added stress on the, one, on the 12 week prep is going to maybe hinder the maximum perform or the maximum uh, uh package they can bring on yeah. stage
0: yeah so if you take someone who like doesn't start off like like you know eight and a half percent body fat something like that like if they start off like like you can go from 12 percent down to five percent mm-hmm. you know in 12 weeks but this isn't optimal Like, this isn't really a good way to approach it. So, yeah, it's going to be way better if we have longer time. You know, if we do have that 20 week, because remember, I want you guys to think about this. And always remember this whenever I talk about anything. The number one item here with contest prep with physique um, enhancement with performance enhancement is stress mitigation. We have to be able to mitigate the stress. We have to be able to to be in control and not allow other items to control us. And sometimes poor recovery, uh, poor sleep, you know, which ties into poor recovery, poor gym performance. Sometimes the other shit starts controlling us because we have fallen so far behind this summit the coaches need to understand oftentimes I see coaches pointing the finger at the client when the client's not actually doing anything wrong. It's a coaching strategy that's actually wrong here. Um, and, you know, that happens kind of common, um, unfortunately, but you know, if you're not extremely well-versed, uh, in just stress mitigation or physiology overall, then that might be somewhere that you, you know, struggle with as a coach. So we have a diet break, commonly a diet break, with me lasts about five to 14 days if it's under five if it's like a three or four day item it's you know kind of a refeed it's much more like two to four days much more refeed focus than a full diet break like five to 14 days um this year given the whole show schedule i mean there's been diet breaks of a month um you know i i have uh, a client renee who's been in prep since like january and we've you know kept having to push back to just show cancellations uh then i had another client who's in prep Prep from around January, who's no longer uh, with the team anymore, who, you know, we utilize very prolonged diet breaks with them to be able to just uh, bridge that gap, if you will, of the contest prep, because, you know, with a very prolonged prep, the show gets pushed back and all of a sudden we're prepping, you know, 30 fucking weeks. Like you, you can't, that's something to understand. You can't dive into a contest prep and just like, all right, Sixteen weeks, I am in a deficit. <laughs> That's not how it fucking works. That's not at all how it works. Uh, it's downright silly. It's 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 not reality. It's not real. Like you you have to have spend some of those times in a at maintenance. Uh, you know whatever maintenance might be. It's a it's a moving uh, variable. There is no like set maintenance calories either. No one just needs like. 1,888 calories like it's a scale it's like between 1820 uh, and like 1930 it's it constantly moves so whatever maintenance is or you have to spend time in a surplus during this time as well you can't just fucking try to chip away for fucking 16 weeks like it's 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 going to end really poorly body's going to start finding you thyroid's going to stop converting cortisol's going to skyrocket uh, through the roof your sex hormones are going to drop it's going to be bad um so what is the purpose or what is a diet break A diet break is, you know, implemented to be able to bridge the gap of a fat loss period to a a fat loss period one to fat loss period two or fat loss period two to fat loss period three. Understand prep goes in phases. Phase one is the initial fat loss phase where, you know, we're going to push pretty hard. We want to see a pretty big drop in body fat pretty early on. After that, there's obviously going to be extreme metabolic downregulation. Why? We dropped a lot of body fat. We dropped a little bit of scale weight, but whenever you drop body fat, your metabolic output adjusts to that. And now our thyroid conversion, which thyroid is literally what dictates and directs metabolic output and all metabolic functionings, um, is going to downregulate because it's essentially trying to protect itself, if you will, but also you're not you're lighter. So you, there's less energy that you need to be able to survive and thrive. So metabolic downregulation, it's going to occur. It's going to happen. OK, so now we kind of bridge this gap. You know, we might go into a slight refeed period, might pull cardio back, might do a diet break, might do a training break. Any of these items uh, just depends on the situation. There's, you know, a million different ways to approach it. Um, and in this initial phase of someone's an enhanced client we will utilize um, uh, fat burners like right away. Um, we'll introduce them right away. I mean, we want to hit it kind of hard. You're fresh, you're primed, you're 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 peaked in order to do this in order to drop body fat right now. We spent a whole improvement phase. Having you perfectly healthy internally, having perfect blood work back to me, making sure all systems are full go, making sure food is high and, you know, output is as low as possible. We put on all this muscle from your last stage appearance. Dude, we're pushing like right out the gate. You're primed to fucking push. Why are we going to ease into it? Let's go. Let's party. Let's dance. See what you're made of. It's about four or five weeks in, usually around when the first diet break is going to hit. Uh, you know, it could be anywhere from, again, five to 14 days. If someone's really moving and grooving at a really fast rate, we might just do like a two day refeed, uh, or we might just do um, like a double cheat meal in one day type situation um, to really continue pushing us forward in the right direction, forcing metabolic adaptation to rise, uh, you know, to a new um, output because it's going to expect us to have more food. It's constantly adapting to whatever we're doing. If you drop from 3,500 calories down to 1,000 calories, really soon, it's gonna it's gonna creep up there and catch there. All right, it's just gonna start expecting 1,000 calories. But if we're at 3,500 calories every single day, or we're cycling around that. It's gonna continue expecting that. Okay, that's why carb cycling approach is so fucking good, man. It's it's bulletproof. The only way to completely manipulate the metabolism is through a carb cycling approach. I it makes sense to me when people don't fucking use a carbs. Like I, I tr- I'm like, I'm like, why? Like, like I, I just like, I want to understand. And I'm not saying I use it 100% of my clients, but 95% I do mm-hmm. those 5%. There are reasons why mm-hmm. the 5%, maybe there's wildly fast metabolisms. Maybe they have digestive issues that we're really trying to be extremely sensitive with. Why the fuck would you not want to have complete control over metabolic processes? Like, oh, it's so mind blowing to me. Anyways, It's like from the same fucking people that their clients have never had fucking blood work done. So what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, I don't don't, don't fucking understand. Yeah. So we want to take this diet break because, commonly, we're going to see a decline in performance after you drop a lot of body fat. All right, it's going to happen. It's bound to happen. But if we constantly stay ahead of stress mitigation. You guys tired of me saying that yet? Good. If we constantly stay ahead of stress mitigation, we constantly stay ahead of our recovery curve, man, we can do really good things. It's we implement this diet break after four or five weeks of, of fat loss phase. Boom, performance skyrockets back up. It's going to be really fucking good. This is always, always, always the forefront of a bodybuilder's protocol is how intentful can you train? How hard can you go? How hard can you fucking train to make sure that your muscle stays around? There's some coaches who are like, you know, I don't want you to like, I don't want you focusing on fat loss through like how hard you train and stuff and that XYZ. I see their side. I understand that point. But at the same time, if we are forcing adaptation through what we are doing in the gym, so we are training our fucking ass off. We're making the body need extreme recovery measures and nutrients here. While simultaneously forcing the body to be in a fat loss state due to the output, due to the intake, protein is going to be higher, carbohydrates, fat's going to be pretty moderate, maybe a little bit lower, fat burners in effect, they're mobilizing fatty acids, cardio is in effect, not too much, but not too little to optimize output for fat loss. And the stimulus we're placing upon the body is, dude, I have to recover What this body is asking me to do requires these muscles to hang out and stay around. So I need to feed these muscles. And where can I pull this from? Well, I can feed the muscles through the intake. And then I can supply myself through the stored fat or glycogen that I have internally to be able to be burned for my output, for my overall output. You guys see how that works? I break that down pretty mm-hmm, easily. Mm-hmm. That was such a laymanized version of yeah. that. Wow. <laughs> I had to be dialed in for that one. That's your Wikipedia <laughs> version. Yeah, right? That was your Wikipedia version. So you guys, I understand the premise behind, I don't want you, you know, I don't want you focusing on losing body fat in the gym. I understand that. But if we, uh, I believe through my consumption of physiology that If we are training optimally as a bodybuilder should be, that we can enhance fat loss through our training sessions. But this doesn't mean go fucking superset and do all this fucking shit or jump volume out the fucking root. No, I want you taking your fucking time between sessions or between sets. Giving 100% focus into the next set that you have here. This is a big misconception of contest prep as well. I don't want to get off the die break topic. Why y'all starting to do like cluster sets and like and like drop sets and like supersets and like all this stuff like. they're they're mixing training. Yeah. Like you understand that takes away from the overall intent of forcing the body to adapt to something that's very hard to do right now. Mm -hmm. Like you're fucking 80 reps in since you took a goddamn break. Like, man, this is cardio now. Like this Mm -hmm. isn't fucking training. Mm -hmm. Get under some fucking load. Move it. Fully recover. Allow your heart rate to settle down. Allow your breathing to settle down. And then go fucking attack it again. Like, dude, I don't know. Man, when I see people training like that, I'm like, why? 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 Why why are we doing that? (laughs) I just... Whatever. Anyways. So improved performance is going to happen with the diet break. Improved recovery is going to happen with a diet break. Your sleep's going to be better. You're going to wake up feeling more refreshed. If you have like sore achy joints or anything like that, it could be alleviated because your body has nutrients. So you'll be able to focus on kind of fixing that. Your cortisol is going to be lower. All right. Your stress is going to be lower. You're eating more food. When you're in a diet uh, phase, when you're in a fat loss phase, that's a stressful situation. Also, you know, understand cortisol breaks down. It is it is catabolic in nature. It, when, whenever we are breaking anything down, whenever we're breaking um, body fat down and we're in a catabolic nature because through a contest prep phase, you're you're going to be more catabolic in nature than anabolic. You're going to run through cycles. All right. You're not always catabolic. You're not always anabolic. Just because you're in a massive surplus doesn't mean you're just fucking anabolic. No, you, you go through fucking cycles of this. And when hunger gets high, especially, you know, we're going to be in a more catabolic state commonly. Um, but whenever we're in a catabolic state, cortisol has to increase. Cortisol increase, prolong, that's going to throw off our blood glucose, it's going to throw off off our resting heart rate, our heart rate variability, our sleep, our ability to get into REM sleep, um, our ability to digest uh, nutrients and assimilate nutrients, Um, it's going to throw off our our overall ability to, to recover, it's going to throw off our ability to dial in and focus during a training session, so whenever cortisol gets too high, again, we have to combat that, okay? We can combat it through diet breaks, through refeed periods, through carb cycling, through all of these items. Through a diet break, you're going to you're going to see your your libido increase. This is a big item in contest prep phase. How many of you have done a prep and all of a sudden you just don't want to fuck anymore? That sucks. Not a very fun place to be. Honestly. My partner's pretty fucking hot. It's like (laughs) I can't fucking. (laughs) No, it was like two weeks out and I was like, nope. And this this is it we have reached the end of the road
1: <laughs> I wonder I would love to know like a, a statistic yeah. on when in a prep yeah. phase when people's sex drive falls off
0: just that's totally anecdotal to yeah them, yeah but then average that I would think it's probably around like f- probably for most like four or five weeks out it's yeah. just stress is so high and you're so lean and I mean at four or five weeks out like your food's pretty low your cardio's pretty high unless you hire me um, you know, like things are really moving and grooving. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's kind of really when most people, you know, really okay. see that shit tank. Yeah. It also, it depends, you know, case to case, if someone's, if there's a girl eating 1100 calories and doing 90 minutes of cardio a day, uh, I mean, yeah, she's not going to have a sex drive. I mean, it doesn't matter what her body <laughs> fat is. Like, it it's just, It yeah. doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Um, uh, men, men's, uh, libido is much more resilient. Mm-hmm. um, But, you know, again, it's like five weeks out. There's a lot of PEDs involved. Sure. And, you know, there's a lot of PEDs also that, uh, I guess, inhibit that uh, okay. process from okay. happening. Yeah. I mean, commonly a man will have, you know, Tremblone in a five weeks out and say, like, if you've ever taken Tremblone in the off season, it's like, dude, everything <laughs> is hot. Everything's <laughs> fuckable. Everything's attractive. The couch looks good. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen American pie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I Damn. mean, truly. That's and, funny. And, and, but man, in a contest prep with foods, are like nothing. Nothing defeats (laughs) being shredded low food low energy low focus you know your energy goes where your focus flows and it's like five weeks out you're just like you're not thinking about fucking dude
1: at the at at the peak of your physique yeah Yeah. you're not interested no way that's so funny
0: I remember I remember having sex when I was getting real close to the show and like straight the fuck out this is gonna sound wild but other people (laughs) who are listening this are gonna like agree with it dude I was just I was checking myself out (laughs) I was like what man that? I'm, what's that like, fucking movie? I was like dude I'm fucking I'm nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude, what is
1: that movie? Uh he played he played the original Batman. I forget his Dude, name. Dude, I have yeah. no There's a meme okay. where he's looking at himself and all you see is like right where his belly button is up yeah. and he's like fucking and he's, you can see his hip thrusting and he's looking at himself in the mirror and he flexes and he's it's like, me? oh,
0: yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, that was basically me. I don't know. It's just, it's nice to like see those things it's popping self-appreciation. and self-appreciation. Yeah, it's yeah. self-love, bro. What do you mean? Good for stress. Yeah, but but most, um you know, m- most people, I would say probably like that four or five week okay. mark and after that it's like not even possible. Uh, but then, you know, after the show, it's like, fuck, dude, you win Mr. Ohio. You have some cookies and it's like, damn, I'm ready to dance. What's yeah, yeah, <laughs> up? Yeah. Um, so throughout a diet break, you are going to see some higher libido uh, response there. We're also we're going to be able to optimize leptin, which is the hormone that uh, essentially tries to keep our hunger low. OK, so it's our satieted hormone and ghrelin, which is our hunger hormone. Those are both going to be optimized. So, ghrelin is going to come back down. Leptin is going to be able to raise back up, and your overall hunger is going to be more suppressed. It's not like you're going to be completely fucking stuffed or you know full, unless you are someone who can handle a fuck ton of food during this time and not really have any uh, downsides to your physique uh, or digestion, which is another thing you really need to focus on as a coach if you're listening to this. Um, with dig- Through a diet break, we can't just... We can't just load on a shit ton of food or cheat meals and stuff. If someone's really food focused, which is a great time for a diet break, we can't just throw in cheat meals and free meals and, you know, untracked meals. The digestive uh, properties of these meals are just not optimal. We need to keep things clean, wholesome. I hate the word clean, but it does kind of get the point across here a little bit if we're diet breaking on fucking milkshakes and burgers and fries for 10 fucking days. Yeah. There's going to be issues. There's going to be gut biome issues and there's going to be nutrient partitioning issues. Like a contest prep too. this is another fucking thing. My clients eat wholesome ass fucking foods. Like mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's real common, you know, sense like yeah. wholesome fucking shit yeah. with, you know, vitamins and minerals and, and, uh, and like another, the fiber and all that kind of stuff. Too. All of this. Yeah. I mean, come on, dude, like this is what fucking this is what fuels your physique. Yeah. Like. I prefer macro based dieting over any other kind of dieting, but if it fits your macros, it's a terrible thing. And there's people <laughs> have seen this are going to disagree with that that's OK. Sure, like, that's sure, fine sure. for my more general health focused clients. I'm slightly more lenient with it. Uh, but, you know, I train them the exact same way as my contest right now. You're in a contest prep. You need Waddon's Farm. They don't. Yeah. Why? <laughs> No, you need an overall championship. Yeah. Like, we can give that stuff up, dude. I mean, you look at the ingredients label. It's got 42 fucking ingredients, and it's like, yeah, an apple has one. Like, can we just fucking stick with the goddamn apple? (laughs) There's one goddamn ingredient here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, dude, it's... That, 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 that's frustrating to me, too. And it's interesting because most of the clients that I have now that have really fucked up digestion come from if it fits your macros backgrounds. Most of the clients I have now who have poor relationships with food come from if it fits your macros background. Why? You're constantly food focused. You're constantly trying to live this whole balanced lifestyle and all of this stuff. And again, this might piss some of you off because you know that it's true and you can't really combat it. You're always looking at what can I fit in? What can I fit in? What can I fit in? Can I fit in do? Can't, can't we just fucking eat? Can't we just eat something that we know? You yeah. got a hundred grams of carbs left. What? Man, I could fit a Halo top and a muffin and a, and a, <laughs> have <laughs> some fucking rice and pineapple and call yeah. it a goddamn day. Yeah. When you're
1: talking to Brandon and he was like, how do I eat? Was it Brandon? Maybe how do I eat like 40 grams of carbs? Yeah. And yeah. You were talking about, you know, put some bell peppers and some mushrooms and like cauliflower and some shit and like put some seasoning on it. It's probably pretty fucking good still. So
0: I was talking to Brandon about uh, when you're in a contest prep phase, like how does essentially swap out the volume? Yeah, that's what it was. And it's like, you know, if you have like two cups of rice, well, fuck, you know, maybe now you can only have a cup and a half. Mm -hmm. Or, or, or like a half cup or one cup, whatever sure, it, sure. the fuck it is. It, it doesn't really matter. So with that other volume, we can fill that in with like what I did in my prep. Dude, do you remember those onions and, and peppers and uh, mushrooms I would just have all day? I would just eat yeah, them literally yeah. all fucking day. That That's and what I fucking did. Yeah, yeah. it's just satin chicken. Yeah. Dude, you can make that more delicious than a fajita meal. You literally have a fucking chicken fajita. Yep. <laughs> this yep. is phenomenal. Yep. Um, keep it fucking wholesome. Work with your digestion and work with your goals rather than against them. People are trying to climb a fucking mountain, but they got an anchor nailed to the fucking back of them that they can't fucking move because you're just not choosing to work with your body, with your biology. Work with it, dude. Don't become its enemy. Be its friend. During this diet break time, you should see improved digestion and we should definitely see upregulated thyroid activity. We should see your physique looking pretty good because your output through your training should be pretty hard. Your cortisol is going to be pretty low. So if you're retaining water because your cortisol is high, that's going to be gone too. Your muscles are going to be pretty full. And remember, you know, you're going to be, you know, after four or five weeks dieting, you could be three, four percent body fat lower than where you were, you know, when you started, especially, you know, if you're someone who you're you're. Prepping enhanced, maybe at the beginning of prep, you did throw fat burners in, uh, man. And, and so for that, uh, I'm actually glad I said that during a diet break time, I'll pull those burners out um, unless someone has to be on like T4, or T3. But if we're on it that early, it's only because of uh, like, like they have an actual thyroid issue. Um, I'll pull all that out because we the purpose of a diet break is to be able to refuel, refill push you further uh repair mm-hmm. repair is a great word for it basically for just it,
1: it, in in super basic it sounds like you're just trying to mitigate all your stress
0: mm-hmm. we're trying to mitigate all the stress and we're trying to just recover and we're trying to repair that thyroid activity and we're trying to repair the leptin and ghrelin uh, relationship that's essentially what we're trying to do here um When do you use a diet break? Well, if your recovery is very impaired. So right now I'm training two on one off. Usually when I get to that second training day, which today was that second training day, I'm pretty beat from the first training day. And today actually felt pretty fucking decent, you know, which, which which was shocking. But if you train that one day. After you just had a rest day, you know, two days ago, you're training the one day and now you're like getting ready for the gym and the next day. And it's just like, I cannot do this. I cannot go. Or there's no way. Maybe everything's achy or achy or your motivation's gone um, or you you're, you're you just know your output's not going to be there. You really feel defeated. Um, that's impaired recovery. Decreased performance week after week, your weights are dropping in the gym. Your volume is dropping in the gym. You're just not able to do what you were able to do. Um, that's, we need a diet break. Solid fat loss. Pretty fucking self explanatory. We need a diet break to be able to optimize and regulate thyroid activity again. Um, We need diet breaks. Oftentimes, as well, we just need a diet break to be able to regain motivation. Um, this isn't something I deal with with my current roster, but I've dealt with it in the past. I mean, sometimes people just kind of need a kick in the ass to really regain the motivation to get back on that fucking stairmaster and really attack it. Um, so, solid fat loss, another big item chronic fatigue. Your day to day duties just are so hard to achieve. You sleep and you wake up and right when you wake up, you go back and take a nap again. You just don't feel recovered. You don't feel well. Um, Sleep disruption. That could be a big one. You just keep tossing and turning, waking up in the middle of the night and you're tired, but you can't actually sleep. Um, And and let's talk about sleep hygiene while we're here. I had a talk with uh, with one of my clients, Jazzy, about this a while back, um, like uh, maybe two or three weeks ago. What is sleep hygiene? Sleep hygiene is what you do to get ready for, to prepare your body for sleep every night. Your body works in a circadian rhythm. We all know that. Your body works really well with the schedule because of your circadian rhythm. So for every single night at 11 p.m., you go brush your teeth, you take a shower, you drink some water, you turn the lights off, you sit down, you start reading, and you do that every single night. You have amazing sleep hygiene. The the room is cool. The room is very dark. Uh, Maybe you have a fan going, a little bit of noise going that can kind of uh, um, drain out or drown out any other noises that could occur throughout the night. Everything's set up for you to have perfect sleep. If you do this every night... But you're still getting disrupted sleep, you know, that'd be a good time for a diet break. Issue is a lot of people don't respect this enough, and a lot of people don't have this schedule at night near enough um, or, you know, for what's considered optimal. So, like, they just have poor sleep, but, you know, it's like, and I'm guilty of this fucking too, like, I'm calling myself out here. You're just laying there in bed before you, you fucking go to sleep, scroll Reddit, trying to like learn things and think about things and all this shit. And it's like you fall asleep for three hours, pretty deep. And then you wake up like mm, I'm ready to explore some more. <laughs> That's me. Sorry, <laughs> fucking me. Um, I'm getting better at it. I am getting better at it. It's just fun learning shit. And did you ever go on Reddit?
1: Uh, I kind of so don't much. really like. <laughs> I don't really know what to navigate, how to navigate to the it's right difficult, things. Huh? Like I know how to use it, yeah, but I don't really sift very yeah. well. I guess you could say.
0: It takes a long time to filter it all and like yeah. make your Reddit what you like want it to be. Sure. Um, sure. And like some, you know, things that you just don't really care about still pop up. But You know, Reddit's kind of fascinating. It's, it's, it's I, fascinating. I like it. I like yeah. it. It's also
1: kind of overwhelming. It is if very you, overwhelming. If you don't know how to do it and you're not used to it, like yeah. that first step, the, the hurdle of getting into it yeah. and putting in the work and the effort to learn. It, yeah is kind of overwhelming. It is
0: extremely overwhelming. I, I I do definitely agree with that. I just fucking sit there and scroll every single night trying to learn shit. <laughs> That's what my
1: buddies did in high school or yeah. Uh, either, uh, college. Yeah we were in yeah. our we were in our uh our house and they would just sit there scrolling I'm like oh, yeah, what are man. you guys doing? Like we're on Reddit. No, looking at looking, <laughs> at looking at shit. I don't know whatever they're looking yeah, at. Whatever fuck it is. And like they show me like this is okay this is just a giant fucking text message yeah yeah (laughs) dude it basically is a giant
0: text chain yeah it's a little bit i I still don't understand their layout here's what
1: i hate about it is you get a post i'm sure like there's a lot of physiology stuff in there yeah you get a post about physiology and you have like a couple of those morons they're like this
0: guy's a fucking idiot and they don't say anything yeah
1: and that's i'm like why am i here i know i feel like i'm on glorified twitter dude.
0: yeah oftentimes it does kind of feel like glorified twitter like there are some really stupid stupid people I always thought it would be so cool to have a social media app uh, or platform that you had to pass an IQ test before you got on. <laughs> you know how cool that'd be? You know how cool that'd be? Like, but like imagine like it's you're like, with all your friends and they're yeah. like, Scott, what's your... Uh, you know, whatever the fuck yes, it's yeah, called. Yeah. You're like, oh, you know, like I don't have, oh, you should sign up. Oh, you know, I don't, no, I don't sorry. hurt. I don't, I just yeah, I, I, I didn't pass it. This IQ is like test. giving people,
1: um, uh, 55 and plus.
0: Yeah. A new driver's test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, we should probably fucking do that shit yeah. too. I yeah. hope we yeah. don't have any 55 plus people. Oh. By this. Well, if you're a good driver, then I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Man, do 55 plus people listen to this podcast? I don't know how <laughs> to find know. that out. Uh, damn like, it. We don't have age <laughs> demographics. <so> that's <laughs> all good. Um, if you become extremely food focused it's likely time for a diet break as well if you just can't think about anything else but your next meal or food or you know whatever it is and you're actually trying you're actually like food focused when you're actually in shape it's going to be there like a morsel of rice is a really big deal if you're actually trying to do your fucking part and like not just being dialed in on it, um, then it's probably time for a diet break. Biofeedback markers. If there's just off overall resting heart rate, heart rate variability, uh, sleep like we talked about, the fasted blood glucose. I mean, there's pe- sometimes people that, you know, are extremely close to contest shape and they'll start showing up blood glucose readings in the hundreds because of how systemically stressed they are and their body's just for whatever reason not clearing um you know not clearing nutrients out of the bloodstream it's you know it's it's interesting Uh, but overall just biofeedback markers being off it's commonly time for a diet break now how do i implement diet breaks So I hate this question, even though I wrote it for myself. I hate this question because I don't want anyone to run with it and be like, this is what Justin said works. And then it like doesn't fucking work. This is is so incredibly individualized. I would say for about 40% of my clients, which is about the highest fucking number I can give you. This is what we do. We drop protein down. We increase carbs to about 75 to 100% of what we do in refeeds. This is also why refeeds are so important. Um, You know, if someone's refeeding at... 490 grams of carbohydrate dude why would I get myself 490 like if someone's reading it 500 <laughs> grams of fucking carbs Jesus Christ then you know we'll give them in between like 450 maybe you know 425 and 500 like we'll give them somewhere in there we know they can handle it we know they can digest it we know that it's helping their performance we've seen that it helps their physique so we're going to give them something around that to be able to you know utilize throughout the week and allow all of these physiological factors to kind of regulate and optimize. Okay. Commonly fat stays pretty stable, especially with protein dropping, um, you know, protein and fat sort of go hand in hand within your macros, um, because most protein items, you know, come with a uh, a side of fat, you know, with them as well, fat usually stays pretty stable and I'll burn. I talked about this. I'll pull fat burners, um, unless they're on T3, T4, and I'll pull cardio back as well here. Um, you know, if we're still killing cardio while we're in a diet break, then it kind of defeats the purpose of the diet break. The purpose of the diet break, first and foremost, is stress mitigation. So if you feel like you pulling cardio back extremely is going to hinder your client while they're on a diet break, then only bump up to maybe, uh, you know, 50% or 60% of the refeed number. So it's not as drastic. But again, you know, the goal is to hopefully have someone who works with you during an improvement phase, who's built up metabolic resiliency to where they can bounce back quickly. And, you know, the goal is to have someone who's really um, um, healthy internally to be able to, um, you know, withstand whatever's thrown at them and whatever pivot you have to make during an actual contest prep phase. Um, so what you need to know about diet breaks, very beneficial for the overall contest prep for the overall physiological purpose of what a contest prep entails and getting to that end goal and your best health, your best shape. Um, honestly, I would say it, you know, if you're someone who you prefer long preps and a diet break is almost going to be guaranteed. Um, and if you're someone who prefers short preps, then you probably won't need a diet break really uh, likely just a refeed. This also being said, I do utilize diet breaks in an off season phase as well when I'm trying to really push uh, food numbers up, really trying to push metabolic resiliency. So let's say I've got a girl who's on 200 grams of carbs um, average per day right now because she's likely on a carb cycle. One week, I might just push that up to like 275 for the whole weeks, like plus 75 a day uh, on average. And, you know, like she might freak out a little bit in the beginning. Then I'll. that's why we educate and that's why we explain uh, to our clients what we're doing. And, you know, that's building metabolic resiliency, that metabolic output over following that for seven days. It the only it only has one option. It can only elevate, you can only raise, it can only be able to utilize everything that you're handing to it. So now we get back into a more typical dieting setup. We built slight metabolic resiliency. We took the, the, the data from what her body gave us, um, and now we can utilize that. And maybe that's the gateway for us to actually bump food up higher, because commonly when we do this, we don't really see much scale increase, um, which you know is a huge deal here. So I hope this helps. I hope this was enjoyable for you guys. Episode 64. We will see you next time.